challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Thanks for being here. I love knowing that you're there. I love hearing back from you. I love knowing that we're having an impact together. Grateful for you. Grateful for the challenges of noble manhood in our generation and grateful that you are fighting them. Listen, this Great Man podcast is essentially a coaching moment for you. Sometimes I come with teaching. Sometimes I come with long explanations. But most of the time, I want to coach you. I want to spur you on. I want to inspire you. It's about action. And that's what I'm going to ask for in this podcast. I'm recording this on the first Monday in May 2021. Uh, So summer's coming, a lot of social stuff, a lot of hanging out at the beach, for some of you anyway, a lot of uh, some, you know, more social time, more barbecues, more shooting hoops, more being out and about, more being with people, maybe especially with COVID opening up. So I want to make an assignment. I want to urge you to do something. Let me set it up first. We tend to live, especially us men, we tend to live in a bubble that is free from the input we ought to have. In a, in a, in a noble culture of men, we ought to have constant, loving, constructive feedback. That's the way it ought to be when you're growing up in your home, your father, your brothers, your uncle, your pastors, your rabbi, your counselors, your teachers, they ought to be giving you good feedback. And the men in your life, especially the male teachers, for example, coaches, um, they ought to be giving you feedback, not just harsh criticism, but feedback, telling you who you are, telling you what works best, telling you what works best with the ladies. Here's how you do a date. Here's how you walk things out righteously. Here's how you swing a bat, for heaven's sakes. Here's why that tie does not go with those pants. Here's why those shoes do not work. Here's what deodorant is. Wear it. Here's why it's not working that you're not wearing deodorant. All of this stuff you ought to be taught. You ought to have feedback. Here's how to shave better. That hair is not really great for you, man. Let's talk about that. Loving, constructive, male, pretty blunt feedback. Well, a couple of things happen. First of all, with the loss of male input into our lives, maybe we didn't grow up with a father in the home. Maybe we didn't have brothers. Maybe we had a more feminine uh, culture around us and not so much uh, men significantly in our lives. And I, hey, listen, for a lot of us, thank God for the women who stepped up because the men were there. I am, when I say feminine, I do not mean that as a negative term. But you got to have, men have got to have other men speaking into their lives, holding up a mirror helping them think think things through. So for a lot of us, we didn't have that growing up for whatever reason, moves, divorces, fatherless homes, uh, men not around, whatever. And as we got older then, especially if we were raised the way I I just described, then we were insecure. I got to tell you that through a lot of my life, uh, I was overly insecure and therefore scared, afraid of the harsh, clear input that I needed. Uh, In my case, it wasn't that I didn't have a father in the home. I had General Patton in the home. 
Uh, my father, Lieutenant Colonel Eldon L. Mansfield, good man, war hero. He was, he was, he was, as he later admitted, harsh with me. He criticized harshly. He didn't teach me how to do things. He just got on my case for not doing them. Now he was a good man, a noble man. I love him. Uh, I miss him. And later in life, we, he, he recognized some of that that he brought the military home uh, into his living room, with, especially with his rather rambunctious oldest son. But all of that to say, it left me. My wife once used a phrase um, like like I was standing in a sandstorm without any skin. Uh, it, it, every comment, everything that was said was deeply painful. If a teacher just said, you need to improve this or you need to behave, or if a coach cut into me and said, you know, you're not working out hard enough or why aren't you in the weight room? I mean, it just, it would just crush me. You know, It would just overly wound me out here. I was big guy. You know, I've been six, four since I was like two and, and it would just, anything said would just crush me. Well, what do you do? You start to put up, you start to put out uh, deflector shields. You start to live in a little bit of bubble. You don't want to hear input. You don't want to hear what you think is criticism. You don't want to endure the pain for the sake of improvement. And so what happens is we go through life like that. We live without the constructive input we ought to be having. I can't tell you how much it's helped me to have good men around me telling me things about myself. I've, I've written about these in books. I've talked about them on this podcast. I don't have to make this about me. But when I began to realize that I needed other men with their 3D perspective on Stephen Mansfield, men I could trust, men who only wanted my good, men who could say, whatever, I'm just making stuff up now. You know, your manners are this way or your you know, you, you just act bored with us all the time or whatever the, whatever the input was, I could change. I could learn, I could grow. And if it cut into me just a little bit, if it made me bleed just a little bit, that was okay. I did what he be healed the next day and that I was a better man. So I can't tell you how much my marriage improved, my life improved, my fathering improved, my professional performance improved, everything improved. Um, even down to practical things in my professional life, like speaking and writing and the words I would use and the way I would relate to people improved when I began to open up and even encourage uh, the men in my life to speak to me about what I needed to improve. And so here's my challenge for you. I want you to look at this dynamic in your life, number one. I want you to look at what your life has been like in terms of constructive male input and feedback. Did you grow up in a harsh home like I did to some degree? I'm certainly not labeling my father or my mother completely in that way. They were great parents. Um, did you grow up with, a, with an absence of constructive male input? Did you grow up with, with painful male input? In other words, kind that wasn't constructive but hurtful. In other words, did you spin out of your early life into your latter life with your deflector shields up? I'm borrowing language from Star Trek. Did you, did you spin into your latter life um, where you avoided constructive input, where you wouldn't really allow, where you sent out the vibe. Don't talk to me about my life. Don't talk to me about my, you know, my manners or my, my table manners or my language or my grammar or my body or my way of condo. Oh, don't, I'm prickly. Don't talk to me. Well, if you do that, if that's, if that's the way you are, I want you to recognize, I want you to recognize how you have landed in your life when it comes to other men being able to speak into your life. Okay. 
Where are you on the scale? Are you like Stephen Mansfield who had a father in the home, but he was harsh and therefore I went for many years just just being crushed by almost any input at all, especially from a spouse or a, a nearby male I might be related to and then finally grew up and began to cherish it? Um, are you, were you, did you grow up without male input? Do you, what, what, what is it? What is it with you? Did certain episodes hurt you so that you didn't want it anymore? Did you have coaches who just ridiculed you and, and laughed at you and, and harmed you in that way? What, what is the story? What is your story? Let's say your name is Joe. What's Joe's story of male input in his life? And how has that spun you out now? Where are you right now? Okay. I want you to locate yourself on that whole on that whole system. Find the GPS for who you are emotionally about that kind of thing. All right. The second thing I want you to do is in the next months, these summer months, is why I referenced earlier the fact that, hey, a lot of you guys are heading on vacations and COVID's starting to recede. So we're getting out a little bit and going and doing things, barbecues and all the stuff you guys do over the summer. I want you to take some of that time and I want you to seek out some male input. All right. Do go wherever you need to go. You need to go to a father you haven't really engaged that much. Fine. You need to go to an older friend who knows you and watches you, but and you can kind of see some wisdom in their face, but they're not saying a lot. Maybe because you're sending off the vibe, they shouldn't say a lot to you. Punch them. Uh, you need to talk to a minister. You need to talk to uh, your spouse. Uh, I want you to have some conversations with a handful of people here in the next few months. And I want you to ask questions like this. I'm not going to give you an exhaustive list, but I'm going to tell you some of the things that I want you to ask. I want you to ask what you can do to be a better man. All right. Go to some people who know that you are in pursuit of great manhood, righteous manhood, noble manhood, and ask them, look, you know me, you see me. I'm really eager to be a better man and be the good man I'm called to be. What, what's, what are one or two things I need to do to be a better man? Dare to ask your wife. Dare to ask, I don't know, ask your son, ask your millennial son. That'll be an experience for you. Um, ask your daughter, uh, go to some older men who are further down the road than you are. Uh, you might not want to mix this into your employment situation by going to bosses and coworkers. That's up to you. Those relationships are up to you, but, but, but you definitely need to go to some men Yes, go to women too if you want to. That's fine if you have those kind of women. You got an older sister. You got a uh, you got a wife. You got who knows? Maybe maybe female business partner if you want to do that. It's up to you. But get input from people who know you. All right. So number one is what can I do to be a better man? All right. Number two, you want to ask the negative question. Here's how I like to style it: If I fail as a man, if I fail. If you hear in five years, if you hear that I fail, what will you, what would you expect right now would be the main reason? It's a, it's a, it's a way of saying, what's the thing in my life that's most likely to cause me to fail. All right. Uh, it, I, I'm just, I'm just thinking of some of the things I've heard in recent years. Um, your anger will probably cause you to fail. Your laziness will probably be the thing that causes you to fail. Um, your your distractedness and the fact that you don't you you make investments or use your money a certain way and then don't keep your eye on that money to make sure that it's going the way it should be going. Um, your sex drive, your addictions, your drinking, uh, could be all kinds of things. Um, you know, if you if you fail, I mean, I hope somebody has the courage to say to you, if you fail, it's because you it's because you are allowing your weight to skyrocket. You're just getting huge. And we've talked to you about this before, maybe somebody would say, and um, 
you need to get your eating under under control, get a workout, uh, get a body that's that's at least respectable in terms of leadership and uh, and where people don't think of you primarily as the fat guy or the chubby guy. Now, I'm being blunt about this, but this is the stuff we have to watch. So I want you to go to people whom you can trust for input. Know that it might it might cut a little bit. And I want you to ask them, what would be, what would be, if I fail, what, what's it likely to be that's going to cause me to fail? What's the thing in my life right now that I'm doing, giving myself to, don't see whatever that might cause me to fail? Ask it in that way. The first one's easy. What would make me a better man? The second one is, what is it that's likely to make cause me to fail? Third one I want you to ask. This takes courage now. Get ready. I want you to ask people, what's the thing I most need to change about my appearance um, if I'm to really rise, if I'm to really be successful, if I'm to be the leader I'm meant to be? Is there anything I need to change about my appearance? And you, you know, if again, if you're getting, if you're talking to people you trust, you're going to hear things that might surprise you. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've had men come back to me when I've urged this and they've, they've said, man, I had no idea I was wearing too much cologne. And that was something that people are actually talking about behind my back. I had no idea that my deodorant was failing. Uh, I had, I had no idea, uh, that, you know, my biker way of, of, of dressing was, was damaging me in work. I want to be an executive, but apparently biking leather, <laughs> biker's leather, you know, and boots and whatever. I mean, whatever. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm half making stuff up here because these are all things I've heard people say in times past. Um, I've heard guys say gram- my grammar, uh, all kinds of stuff. But, but what about my appearance? What about how I look? Okay. All right. Another question I like to ask and that I urge people to ask is if you could change one thing about me to help me be more of a success, what would it be? If you were, if I ask you to make me more effective and I say, you can change one thing, you'll have the absolute power to change that one thing, not just because I cooperate, but let's just say magically you're given the power to change one thing in my life to make me a greater success. Now, this is kind of the same, a little bit of the same as saying what thing would cause me to fail. But if you could change one thing in my life, what would it be? And they might say your insecurities. You're a very gifted person, but you're as insecure as the day is long. You think everybody, you, you, don't, you don't know who you are. You don't know your gifts. You don't know your power. You're always retreating. You're always hanging to the back. Or you're, you are brilliant. You're gifted. You lead well. You're one of the worst speakers I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, I mean, these answers are actually good because all this stuff can be fixed, right? I mean, if they say you're the ugliest person ever to walk the planet, well, that's one thing. that We'll have to deal with that. Uh, but that's not something that can easily be changed. I mean, there are things you can do. Nobody's going to say that to you, by the way. But if it was that kind of answer, well, you'd, you'd kind of be in trouble because you can, there's only so much you can do to change your basic look. But if what, you're ta- if, if what we're talking about are things you can fix, things you can change, grammar, speaking ability, most of the things people are going to say are things you can change. They're not going to say your feet are too big. They're going to say it's stuff you can fix, stuff you can change. It's just that nobody's telling you. So you're left with what you know from your mirror. And that gets us in trouble, not because we're vain or stupid, but because we don't see stuff. We don't see ourselves in 3D. We don't see how we're moving around. You know, I don't know about you, but every so often I catch myself at an angle in a mirror or in a storefront window reflection or something like that. And I go, Lord, have mercy. I, I am not <laughs> I am not the buff character I thought I was. You know, I work out, I trim my eating. I mean, I, for the most part, Stephen Mansfield has protein bars, breakfast and lunch almost every day, except for weekends. I mean, I'm working on this stuff and every so often I'll be walking in a door or walking by a mirror or catching a reflection on the wall in a, you know, an airport or something. And I'll just go, what? 
because I had no idea I looked that way. Why? Because I'm always facing a, a bathroom mirror straight on and probably even sucking in my gut when I do. So I don't see myself clearly. You need other people's eyes on you. I want you to ask some questions. So here, I've given you three or four. I want you to consider asking some others. Uh, let me give you an example of one you might ask. I have a friend who grew up in a, in a, in a notoriously misbehaving family. He, he, he had a religious conversion, became a Christian, began to grow as a good man, but he knew that that family background, let's call them the Jones family, for, that's not their name, that the Jones family legacy hovered over him. So one of the questions he asked when he would go to these older mentors and people who wanted to help him do good, he would say, how does the Jones family thing, the Jones family dysfunctions, do you still see any of that in my life? Do you still see me functioning that way? You still see me deformed by that? It's a question I wouldn't ask because the Mansfield family thing is actually pretty good. Dad's a war hero. Mom was a model. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't, I don't have some horrible dysfunction. God knows we've got some weirdness. Uh, and further back in our history, we've got everything from clan to, you know, drunks and suicides. But, but all that to say that what I'm, what I'm trying to say is find, think in terms of your own experience and ask those questions, that, that you, the things that are unique to you, unique to you. I mean, for example, uh, if you are African-American, if you are Asian, if you are Hispanic, if you are a certain ethnicity, a certain look, a certain skin color, if you're Middle, have Middle Eastern features, you understand what I'm saying, um, and, uh, and, you're, and you want to know, do I carry this well? Do I seem to be insecure about it? Am I hypersensitive about my race? Am I insecure about my look, uh, ethnically speaking? Ask the questions. Talk to people who will talk to you. You got to have some people, older brothers, fathers, friends, buddies, younger men. You got to have some friends who will tell you the truth. I got to tell you, I find the younger men in my life um, to be exceptionally blunt with me when I ask them straight up any kind of question. I like that. I like that. It's not disrespect. It's that when you say, tell me the truth, they're happy to tell you the truth. A millennial, (laughs) don't ask a millennial to tell you the truth unless you want to hear the truth. I love it. All right. So I want you to be bold in these coming months. Over the summer, I want you to find some people you trust, a handful of folks. If you're married, you ought to ask your wife. If you're dating a girl, she's known you for a while, you ought to ask her if you have the courage to do it. Talk to them. Ask these questions. Ask the questions I've just listed. Ask the questions that will give you information. Don't, you you know, like if you're you're a genius piano player, don't just say, well, how do you like my piano playing? That's just going to get you compliments. We're not looking for compliments. That's easy. We've had those our whole lives. Our fans will get us killed. What we want is feedback that surprises us. Feedback from people who see things but have to be coaxed into saying something. Do this. Do it openly. Do it without a hypersensitive soul. Because this is one of the great arts of noble manhood. To join the Great Man Movement or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's three essential books for men. Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, Building Your Band of Brothers, and Men on Fire as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.